Okay, this is a Mr. Dave the Bearded Menace auditioning for the role of the Kool-Aid Man. Uh, Mr. the Menace, you can go ahead whenever you're ready. Oh, yeah! Okay, that was, uh, well, that was, uh, something. That was certainly something. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna need you to slow it down by, deepen it up, slow it down, maybe 50, yeah, 50%. Yeah, just, uh, give it, give it a, give it another, uh, give it another take there, Dave. Thank you. Oh, yeah! Well, it's not worse... Tell you what, Mr. The Menace, don't call us, we'll call you. Welcome to issue number 181 Woo! of the Bad County Funky Podcast. Tonight we're talking all kinds of fantastic news to come out of the wonderful world of geekdom. But before we do that, let's see who's joining us this episode. We have Dave the Bearded Menace. I can't cast that here. Doc Chris. Hola. TV's Casey. Yo. And I'm your host for the evening, Booster Greg. Now that we've gotten all of that business out of the way, let's just like skip all of the fancy, dancier, longer introductions. Let's just go right in. We've got a lot to talk about. A lot of stuff happened this week. So we're going to start with Casey. James Gunn is back, baby. Woo! Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. I like to think he never left. Yeah. Mm. Well, in July of 2018, Disney canned him for a couple mm-hmm. of uh, uncouth jokes, a couple of uncouth tweets. From mm-hmm. like 10 years I, before. I wouldn't say <clears throat> necessarily representative of the man he is today. Mm-mm. But after some vehement apologies, some fans standing by him, some hashtags trending, casts on his side, they finally, I guess, caved and brought him back for Guardians 3. And apparently it happened like maybe a month after all this stuff went down, but then by then he had already signed on to do Suicide Squad. So they were like basically just working out the, the details, but um, apparently this has been in the works for almost... Almost immediately after they, they announced that he was gone from the project. It's all about them prior commitments. Yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of wonder yeah. if, like, they knew all about this. And then James Gunn was like, no, nah, I'm going to leave Suicide Squad. And then DC was like, oh, crap, what do we do? And they're like, ah, we'll get Idris Elba. And he was like, fine. I stay. I wonder if also, like, no other director or writer would, like, take up the reins of Guardians of the Galaxy 3. I, I think they might have a couple that would be ballsy enough to do so, but... Well, apparently they didn't actually ask any... Like, yeah. all these rumors went around. Apparently they didn't actually talk to anybody else because they were like, well, That's we still are going to use his script, and we don't know how we're going to navigate <laughs> that, so let's just see how this all plays out. Something would definitely have been missing, especially in the music department. It wouldn't have been the same... I don't want to say tune, but yeah, it wouldn't have been the same exact tune. Like, it just... Everything would have been... Different. We probably would have gotten the same like fun-loving performance out of everybody. So it's a good, good thing. Well, I don't know about that. I think everyone is kind of comfortable with their characters at this point after being in three whole. Well, I mean, two and a half, kind of two and a quarter. So two and one thirds movies is what they were they were in. So I feel like the performance probably would have been fine, but I think that definitely would have felt off for sure. Yeah. 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 
I don't know. Everyone, everyone's happy about it for sure. Um, 2021 is when production starts. Guardians three. Oh, that's when it starts. That's yeah. Well, he's got a he's got quite a ways to go. He's got a film already uh, on his docket. So yeah, isn't that um so kind of sidestep from that? And I definitely should have put this on topics. But isn't it was announced that Suicide Squad two is kind of its own standalone movie? It is the Suicide Squad, and is it is a reboot as far as reports are concerned. I mean, I think that whole universe is rebooted at this well, point. Well, it sounds like cuz yeah. with like a uh, Wonder Woman 1984, they're trying to do it more vignettes and they're kind of moving away from the whole like universe thing and just kind of making each one stand on their own uh because isn't Jared Leto Such and Margot Robbie still tied to the project? That like I don't I hope not. Margot Robbie most definitely. Margot Robbie is is in for Birds of Prey at least. Right. And Jared Leto is not the Joker in the standalone Joker movie. Right. But, like, I, I've been hearing rumblings that they're going to go with the theory that there's been more than one oh, Joker. Oh, like the comics are doing? Yeah. Okay. So that's what I've been kind of hearing, where he's the modern one, and Joaquin Phoenix will be playing, because it looks like it takes place in, like, in, like maybe, I don't know, 70s, 80s, 90s, like, in the past. Whenever that suit was in style. Whenever <laughs> that happens. Yeah. Um, and, well, I think a lot of people are thinking, like, Adam West-ish era because mm. of how he the makeup kind of sits it's on campy. him and he needs the Cesar Romero painted yeah. over mustache yeah yeah so <laughs> yeah but it can be its own standout like it does it can have even if they do have some uh, actors that carry over um, it can be it's, it doesn't have to be like a direct sequel from what we saw before it doesn't have to be like okay we're gonna continue the story right. you can just be like hey this also happened yeah it could be its own standalone mustache I mean movie well, why like, am I hung up on this mustache I, I think <laughs> Uh, I think it's a mistake that they're moving away from a shared universe. I think that's definitely the way to go. This has to be done correctly and has to be earned. But I think they should also leverage their strengths. And for DC, that's alternate realities, parallel Earths. Like that's that's the meat and potatoes for DC. And that's where they can really differentiate themselves from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, where it's all pretty much one timeline. And I think... Spider-Verse really demonstrated that if you can be done well and audiences can comprehend it and it can win an Oscar. I'm almost wondering if, and I know I'm giving like DC way too much credit, but I wonder if they're doing this to shoot Marvel in the face because eventually if let's say Marvel wants to continue on with like another Captain America or even Thor, like any of these like characters they've already created, they're going to need new actors, you know, especially because the actors are getting older. Maybe DC's doing this to say like, oh look, if you change if you change the actor, it changes and reboots the story. Blah. But it doesn't though, because Marvel's already done that. Right, with Don Cheadle. The Hulk. Scarlet Witch's voice. <laughs> Scarlet Witch's <laughs> accent died between movies. Oh, Fandral. One of Thor's buddies. Oh yeah. yeah oh yeah. yeah. Fandral. Right. Yes, thank you. So they've done it multiple times. They either address it or they don't. Right. And again, like I, like I said, I'm probably giving DC way too much credit. It's probably something that's not even true at all. Giving you know? DC yeah. too much credit is Greg's middle name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not for their movies, though. No, I mean, like, I, re- I really hope they do. They have a lot of really cool Elseworlds. They have, like, they're very succinct, like, name for it, too. Elseworlds. And their TV uh, properties have been doing it pretty successfully as well. That's true. So, but a uh, great. Ju- yeah. Speaking of, you know, properties that are, you know, coming back. Coming back? Yeah. And that can involve time travels and alternate time. Yeah. I'm a little, that's that's yeah. weird. What else is going on in that kind of oh, area? Oh, man. So something I've been talking about for years now is finally, 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 finally coming to fruition. We have the third 
movie for the Bill and Ted Now trilogy. Yeah. We had a video uh, pop up. I think it was a couple days ago now at the time of directing this anyways. And it was both Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter, who are Ted and Bill, respectively. Yes, I said that backwards just to throw you off kilter a little bit. Yeah, it's you, fine. I was like, wait yeah. a second. Weird. <laughs> Something's wrong. All right. Solid. We've already went the other dimension. It's going to be starting filming this year. And it's going to be released in the summer of 2020. So the summer of next year. And it has a title. Bill and Ted Face the Music. Which is wonderful. Uh, If you missed the previous episodes where I've been talking about what it's going to be about. uh, It's it's so good. I can't wait for this. So if you've never seen a Bill and Ted movie. Here is the plot. Bill and Ted are the musicians that save the world in the future. They have to pass high school history class in order to make that song to save the world in the future. So Rufus, who is uh, played by the late, great George Carlin, was sent from the future to the past to give them a time machine that looks like a phone booth to go grab uh, figures through history so they can see history itself and create a report or a presentation that will let them pass history. That's the first movie. Uh, they eventually do pass history <laughs> class. By definitely thought you were describing the new movie, and I was like, "Where are you no. getting all these very descript details?" And also, how <laughs> are they the going to get George movie, Carlin? This is so specific, almost like it's been done before. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah, I was very confused. Anyways, anyways, so that's the first movie. Um, <laughs> The second movie, they evil robot doppelgangers from the future kill Bill and Ted. They go directly <laughs> to hell. They escape hell and fight their evil doppelgangers with the help of the most brilliant scientific minds the universe has ever seen that they kidnap from heaven, which happen to be aliens called the stations. Fiction. Sorry, Greg, um, I had to say it. Yeah, the, no, it's wonderful. The third movie is they are older. They have not created that song that is going to save all of humanity yet, and they don't know why. Mm. I think they were just kind of like they're too busy jumping around in time and space in order to actually make the song. They, th- they just thought it was going to happen for them. Right. So that's, that's kind of the premise. Obviously, George Carlin will not be a part of this movie. I'm really, really, really hoping, and I've said this on every single podcast that I've ever been guest on that where this comes up, and if this didn't come up, I made a point to bring it up just so I can say it and spread it out there. I really think that Kevin Smith should play Rufus, like a younger Rufus or Rufus, son or his brother. Oh my God. I think it'd be a really neat twist. If a younger version of Rufus is like his first mission is to go back and help an older Bill and Ted. Yeah. And then maybe like that doesn't work out. So when he gets older, he then goes to younger Bill and Ted and then tries to help him out. I say all this, but, you're verging on that scene from like Beavis and Butthead do America where they meet the, like the older versions of their parents oh, yes. yep. <laughs> slash their parents. Yeah. <laughs> it's unclear. I, I want to start shit for a minute. Yeah. Uh, I oh, kind of talked off mic. we were talking off mic earlier yeah. about because um, I've only seen Excellent Adventure. I've never seen Bogus Journey. Yeah. So what do you think if for those of you guys who have seen both of them, mm-hmm. which is the better movie? Excellent. Bogus journey. Excellent venture. Bogus state, uh, state your arguments. Dave, first go. For the court, please. Uh, so, 
the problem with like a lot of movies, like, especially in the late 80s, early 90s, when they made a sequel, it was just a rehashing of the same jokes from the first movie. Mm-hmm. So the second movie just had a lot of the same stuff to a degree. Um, sure, we had new characters like Death, the, the stations, the evil robot uses, the good robot uses they have to build to fight the freaking robots. It kind of does the same thing, ends with a musical, like, concert score at the end. Everyone's, like, playing music and whatnot. It's... 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 Good, but not as good as the original one. The original one was like, a, I feel like more fun, more of an adventure. Ah, Dave's resorting to mudslinging instead of bringing up mm. why how excellent, excellent adventure is, which actually Greg, will bring me to my point, which is he can't think of anything that's better in excellent adventure than Bogus Journey. So he's just slinging mud at Bogus Journey. I mean, that's I just it said, right I, excellent adventure is, I, I, it's in the title, a better adventure. It's more fun. I had more fun watching it as a kid. Bogus Journey wasn't as much fun. So no, I just can't Excellent deny Adventure it. Excellent Adventure is a great movie. I'll give it that. But what I love about Bogus Journey is it doesn't rely as heavily on time travel and more of the characters themselves. So we kind of see what their lives are like. We kind of see um, really Bill and Ted's philosophy when it comes to a lot of things. And it's very like trusting, very open, which is eventually leads to their demise. <laughs> Because, like, these two doppelgangers show up and go, oh, we're future you. And they're like, prove it. And it's always the 69. It's like, what number am I thinking of? 69. 69 and, like, the robots know <laughs> to say that. So they do. And they're like, all right, you're us. And, like, the robots are just nasty. And they're, like, they're um, abusive towards the princesses, which in Excellent Adventure, Bill and Ted save the princesses. And then they end up. You know, going steady for the 90s terminology, keeping consistent here. Uh, So they just like throw stuff at them. They trash everything. And it's just it's just horrible. But they build these really shitty, good robot versions of Bill and Ted, which are amazing because they have to use like 90s technology. So it's like (laughs) paint bucket heads and mop for like hair and dustbuster for hands. Yeah, it's so it's so cool. Um, Like the the. Multi, the multitude of characters that show up and how original they are, I think it really brings it up. And their depiction of hell is hilarious and terrifying at the same time. I, I will say, like, the, one of the best scenes in that movie, and I, I always like to think of when I think of Bill and Ted, is when they're taking on death and they beat him in every single game yep. that, that they play. That's amazing, too. Like, they, and- like, every board game, and it's always, like, best two out of three best uh, three out of five. And they keep on going and going. And finally, it's Twister. They they beat the Grim Reaper at Twister. And what's and great about it is they don't even show them playing the game. It just shows like them finishing the game. And it's like, no yeah. matter what the game was, it's a death looking at the piece, like all pissed off. Like, <sighs> Listen, the Grim Reaper's got no flex. It worked for Billy and Mandy, too. They beat him at Limbo. Mm-hmm. It's, it's hilarious also because like the small details they throw in the script where the Grim, Grim Reaper's feet smell horrible, and he tries to use that to his advantage in Twister by very slowly <laughs> positioning it past, I think it's Bill's nose. Um, but see, kind of getting to know these characters a lot more, and it's a very interesting way to kind of see what their fears are, like through from childhood all the way to present, uh, and what their personal hell is, is probably the most in- intimate way you will get to know any characters. And they, they overcome that. They end up going to the future, coming back older because they've learned how to master the guitar. This whole time, by the way, they can't actually play their instruments. That's right. Holy they're shit. Forget to, about they're, that. They're supposed to be these like world famous, world changing musicians, and they cannot play guitar. And they don't have it's just them two on guitars. And I don't think they can they've figured out who's lead and who's rhythm. 
they're just like both mashing their guitars. The princesses end up being the bassist and the drummer by default. <laughs> and they're better being medieval princesses. They're better at the instruments than Bill and Ted are. Doesn't like death join their band at the end of that. You're right. He does. I think he actually ends up being the bassist. Now I'm thinking about it. I think one of the yeah. princesses is the keyboardist. Anyways, it's, they're all wonderful. They're both wonderful. I prefer bogus journey for all those points, but excellent adventure. I'm never going to not watch it. It's, it's going to be very, um, Interesting to see Keanu Reeves go from being John Wick to being uh, in this role again. Well, this is like, I think John Wick and a lot of his successes past Bill and Ted are why he feels comfortable revisiting the character of Ted. Ted Theodore Logan. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, he's not typecasted as the dumb, like, good-looking guy anymore. True. Now he can be, like, the savior of the human race from evil... AI. He can be uh, the hitman that all hitmen are afraid of. He can be the guy that convinces Sandra Bullock to drive the bus <sighs> at the appropriate speed to save everybody's life. Well, I'm just saying from like I'm just saying from my point of view, from like a, an audience point of view, from seeing him from literally be like the boogeyman from the mobsters yeah. to go into comedic roles and be a very interesting switch to see. I'm not saying he can't do it. I, th- I think it's sure part of course for him now, and I, th- I think that like because he had those, he, he's willing. Like I, I don't think before he'd be willing to go back. I, I'm pretty sure I read. I think it was like one of those MTV documentaries or whatever way back in the day where he just refused to say whoa. Oh yeah, <laughs> for a while. But now he's revisiting it. So like I think he's more comfortable with himself as an actor now because he is so successful. Yeah, I mean once once you turn 800, I hear you really mellow out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that and like the cult, like the cult following that John Wick has. It's mm-hmm. it, I think that I'll, that has built up a lot of following for him as an individual. Oh, sure. um, because I feel like those movies probably did not. It, they're very like kind of indie feeling, small feeling movies that have a huge following. We just got yeah. a new trailer for that today too, didn't we? We did. I haven't watched it yet. Oh though. yeah, interesting. Yeah, I can't wait. Can't we talk about that next week? Yeah. Dope. Dope. Anyways, uh, speaking of yeah. things that are announced. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this week has been GDC, is the Gaming Developers Conference, something like that. I don't know. Uh, yeah, GDC, yeah. GDC. Anyways, um, lots of kind of companies revolving around the um, electronic entertainment uh, have been releasing a lot of their new tech, and we finally got a glimpse at what Google has been working on. Uh, Google's been jumping and decided to jump into the somewhat platform game uh, and release announcing what they are calling uh, Stadia, which is the plural of stadium. I don't believe you. I don't believe it either, but like how uh, I usually say stadiums. Is that a stadium of arcade machines? I guess, yeah. A stadium arcadium, if you will. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, Google Stadia. Um, So last year, they actually were beta testing it. They called it Google uh, Google Project Stream, um, Mm -hmm. where you could sign up for the beta and go into any Chrome browser. And actually, regardless of what computer device you're on, you were able to stream and play Assassin's Creed Odyssey. So the whole point of Google Stadia is that you don't have to buy a console uh, because what you're doing is you're actually streaming the game from their data centers where they already have high-powered computers uh, that supposedly are as powerful as the Xbox um, One X and the PlayStation 4 Pro put together. Well, I hope so. Supposedly. um, And you can actually stream. The idea is you can go to any device, whether you're using an Android phone, whether you're using the Chromecast, whether you're just in a computer on a browser, and click and immediately pick up within five seconds exactly where you left off before, which is interesting. Um, Those of us that have actually played around with 
PlayStation Remote Play are a little bit skeptical because, you know, lag and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, it ain't so, that good. <laughs> so, I mean, this also begs to the question of, like, what if I don't have the strongest internet connection? Um, yeah. Yep. What's that going to look like? Supposedly, you need to have, like, 30 megabytes per second. Um, Maybe they'll bring Google Fiber to everyone now for this explosive Oh, purpose. that means excuse to do it. Yeah, I know. So oh, that's what you need to get, like, um, 1080p at 60 frames per second. Uh, they did say that it will scale down for those that don't have the quickest internet speeds, which is going to be rough for basically anyone that doesn't yeah. live near a major city. But we'll see what happens. Um, they also announced a controller, so you can use any third-party controller that you want for this. But there is a special controller that will that has Wi-Fi will pair directly to the data center, mm-hmm. so that you're not controlling. It's not the controller sending the signal to the computer, which is then signal sending to the data center, which is sending back to the computer to show you what's going on. It's actually just to the data center. Data center sends the video to mm-hmm. whatever device you're on. Um, a lot of this plan also is to allow streamers to have better streaming options because yep. a lot of people want to stream to YouTube. Right. So the idea is that you're going directly from that data center to YouTube. Your own device you're working on does not have to be the thing handling that video stream to hmm. where you want no it to go. Oh shit. Hmm. They're also rolling out tools so that you can do things like um, add a little button. Let's say you're playing um, some squad-based game uh, where people watching you can actually queue up if they want to join you in your game, which is pretty cool. Uh, Dangerous, but you also have, like, you know, people have control over that. They can say whether or not they want to do that. They can Mm. boot people if they need to. Um, But there's a lot of interesting tools that they're, they're giving that are interesting. The weird thing here, though, is that we, first of all, we don't know what the pricing structure is. Um, is uh, what are we paying for the games? Is it? It's, it's oh, got to yeah. be some sort of subscription service. And we're going right. to learn more about that this summer. But there's nothing about that yet, because if you get this game, Google technically is the one that has the license for it. I can't just download it to my computer to hmm. play it. Which begs the question of like, how does that licensing work? And like, how do I access? Right. Like, how do I access that? And it's obviously always on, so you only can play these games if you have. Which is what everyone games. was pissed off about right. with the Xbox One when it first got launched. Interesting. Exactly. Interesting. But, but the well, good, I was gonna say the good thing there is the whole idea is to take uh, is ma- basically sure. making gaming a lot more accessible for people that don't necessarily have um, the means to grab a console uh, or people that you know travel around a lot that can't right. necessarily bring it with them. Um, so it's a really cool concept. I got to tell yeah. you one thing that yeah. weirded me out about this whole thing. Did you see what they had on display at their presentation? They had three glass cases. Like, before they rolled it out, that it was a Dreamcast, a Power Glove, and the Virtual Boy. And I'm like, yeah, these are definitely three things that you want, like, (laughs) to promote a video game system that you hope won't fail. (laughs) (laughs) But those were three things that had very radical ideas. Yeah. That, that were in there. Yes, Power Glove was a completely different way to, to interact with the game. Same thing with the Virtual Boy is, you know, introduced into and not really VR gaming, but it was something different. Um, and the Dreamcast was way ahead of its time, um, so much so that people are like, what is this gaming online? I don't understand. what that's Why would I ever do that? Um, so it's interesting. What I find interesting when you said, like, it's, um, it's always on, it's always, like, that's what pissed off you about the Xbox One. If you think about it, though, especially now, it's a different gaming world than it was when the Xbox One was first talked about, first announced. Just from my point of view, I love games that are a campaign. I can play the game by myself. I don't need to jump online. Now it's like that's more what they're pushing, and a lot of people really that's, don't. That's been the case. Care though, I would much. say like, there's a lot more online play. I would say that's been the case since at least late 360. 
Like when Call of Duty, when Call of Duty, like but first even really st- started but- picking up, like that was a lot of it. it was just like, you know, more people are kind of going more this route. So let's, you know, let's start to think about making a game that's only online and not because Titanfall one was a launch for Xbox one, which was only online, which means they were thinking about it during the end of the Xbox 360 development. Right. Right. But I'm just saying it's like it's a diff- it's a different people are more accepting of it now than we're back when the thing was first launched. That's fair. When it was yeah. first talked about. So now people now people will be like, oh, it's online only. Fine. Fuck it. Yeah. Cool. You know, I don't need. Yeah. To I mean, with um, like so- it, basically the release of Destiny was like the first time we saw something games as a service, which is just the game that's always connected. And now we've seen a whole bunch of games yeah. that are, are similar um, since mm-hmm. then. So it's yeah, it's less less jarring. Um, but still it, it kind of, it's, and it's also one step closer to ready player one movie. Not, not, not the books. I didn't read the book, but, um, <laughs> it's just cause I can't read, but it's a step closer to that pretty much where you can plug in from literally yeah. anywhere and play. Yeah. Cool. It'll, yeah. So it'll be interesting, but well, hold on, I have one play. comment I want to make. I want... All right. <laughs> speaking of play, Greg, what do you have Stadia. to say about, uh, Stadia? uh I think they're going to sell a lot of Chromebooks. I think they're going to sell a shit ton of Chromebooks with this service. Can yeah. you imagine spending yeah. like two fifty and getting a gaming ring out of it? Wow, yeah. Uh, but this got to be depends on how much you're going to be paying to have access That's fair. to all that. That's though. true. Fair. I can't imagine they'll go more than yep. twenty bucks a month. I can't imagine that. However, the cool thing is that you can even do a friggin' um, a Chromecast. Mm. Yeah. You can just boom anywhere, yeah. and you're in. Uh, they did say the Chromecast uh, streaming will require the state yeah, so i mean either way well. you're probably gonna sense. spend a minimum of 70 bucks 80 bucks potentially how much is a controller do they say yet uh no there's no pricing stuff on there uh but i mean think of what you pay for a controller 60 bucks yeah um think of like playstation now which yeah. is what 20 bucks a month something like that yeah. to have access to that um but you still although actually you don't need there is um you don't necessarily need the hardware because you can do and it you can do it on their smart TVs well. too yeah yeah, so but but still, that's like, yeah, interesting. That that's if it's my guess is going to be something around that. My guess is probably going to be more. I would say my my money's on about thirty. I would a month. say I would think they would start it at twenty dollar, which is what everyone's comfortable with, and then eventually up it, kind of like Netflix did. I also wonder what kind of deals will be rolled into it. Because let's say if you're subscribing to that, will they roll in like YouTube Red into that? Like what else gets rolled into mm, it later I think on? I because w- they might offer something they, like that at some point. Might. Also, I know like. Hulu is getting rolled into the Spotify, um, yeah, now, which, uh, subscription now, which is interesting. I would imagine they would do a cheaper monthly and then an even cheaper yearly, just to get people in on the ground level for the twelve month period, right? And oh, yeah. then really start to up the prices after that. I would think the controller. Now I'm thinking about it, would probably start at about a hundred bucks. Jeez, because it's a Wi-Fi yeah. controller for a controller. Yeah, that's what, that's what I, I bought think. a a Switch Pro controller. When Smash came out, and it was $70. I know. I did it, too. $70. Oh, God, we're turning into yeah. those guys. Back in my day, a controller only cost like X amount this of money. Just, this just goes to show you, if you give me more money <laughs> at a job, I will spend it on more things <laughs> that I don't need. Yeah. Greg, just, I am a slave to capitalism. <laughs> I am. I am. I will buy all the fancy toys. And speaking of toys. So, basically, we got a trailer this week for Toy Story mm. 4. Now, in the trailer, we see uh, mm-hmm. Woody, and he has mm-hmm. a new kid, 
and they're introducing like the rest of his toys to a toy that his kid made, which is a spoon. A um, a spork. Thank you. <laughs> now we've all made these toys back when we were like in either kindergarten or daycare, pretty much. But basically, the, the toy hat, the, the spoon hat, the spork has googly eyes, a mouth, putty feet, and that's pretty much it. And the toy comes to life. And basically, it's a story of them chasing the toy as it wants to run away because it deserves, it thinks it needs to be used for food and then thrown away into the trash. Um, it's a bit more of a rehashing of the first movie in a way where it's them on the road trying to get back to mm-hmm. their kid. We also then we find we follow Woody to a, I guess, a pawn shop or an antique shop, basically, where Bo Peep is and also it's run by a gang of like ventriloquist dummies and crazy shit like that pretty much oh um, did anybody else get goosebumps chills seeing those guys uh, it's like four slappies and i'm just like yes uh. it actually reminded me of the toy the one of the bosses from the toy story world from um Game yeah, Hearts. Right. and then like the trailer follows them into the carnival um it's cool for me it was a bit lackluster like not saying i wouldn't enjoy seeing it but the trailer just didn't do it well enough for me um Buzz Lightyear, like, it was Tim Allen's voice, but it kind of felt like they were just throwing his voice in there for what he was saying. Like It's all it's all pre-recorded no. lines. That's what it sounded like. It really, that's what it sounded like. No emotion. Like when Isaac Hayes didn't want to do South Park anymore, they just cut it up. <laughs> yeah. And it's, I mean, not saying, like, the way Toy Story 3 ended, it's a re- they ended it in a good way where you could essentially make a sequel, but it wasn't a sequel that was necessary. Yeah. And this trailer kind of feels like that for. Me. I think what is interesting about Toy Story Four is they're kind of changing what defines a toy, right? Which I think is a message that's going to speak to I think a lot of kids and and adults as well. Like, what defines a being? Because there's, I mean, there are very specific rules in the Toy Story universe, right? Like, like you don't typically see sporks, spoons, knives, plates come to life, right? So what is it that makes a toy different than an inanimate object? And I think the answer is the love and imagination of a child. So it's, I think it's, that's like very deep getting into it. And I don't, I don't think they're gonna like go that deep and explain it that much. But I think it's just gonna be. I mean, this is Woody in full existential crisis mode. It's like, what am I but a child's plaything? <laughs> yeah. What is a child's plaything but an object with which to bring joy to a child? And then you have this thing that doesn't want to be a toy too. <laughs> what has John Calvin said of joy in my role as an existence of a cloth figurine? <laughs> Pixar with the deep cuts. So I'm, I'm pretty excited for this. I'm. It looks like they're doing some rehashing too of. Andy and like maybe some flashbacks. He's got a visual upgrade from that horrifying monster child in the first yeah. movie. I, I would love if they show Sid and he looks exactly the same. He's in Toy Story 3. Yeah, he's a garbage man. I mean, for all we know, he'll be in this one. He'll probably be, he'll probably be a carny. That would be something. <laughs> I gotta tell you though, the way 3 perfectly kind of... 3 was a great send-off for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I don't agree. know if you needed to do another one. I, I you didn't, no. but you also didn't need to do three Cars movies. I but, agree, you know, and now I got to tell you, I'm coming around on the whole. You didn't even need to do an Incredibles two. Really? I watched that movie again, and I'm like, but why though? <laughs> it's because everyone is asking for it, and Pixar. I don't know. Money. I just yeah, but I just I'm 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 feeling some sequel fatigue on pretty much everything but Marvel movies. I don't. I didn't feel that with I, I rewatched Incredibles one and two fairly recently. Uh, when it, pretty much when Incredibles two went on Netflix, I rewatched it uh, with with Emily. Yeah, likewise. So, you know, I still enjoyed it, and I you know it's 
it's a movie, but like it's not like a top tier Pixar movie. I'll say that, but you know, it gave me what I wanted from an incredible sequel. And I don't think anyone really asked for Toy Story three. It's true, and we all loved it. And it was and it was Amazing. absolutely spectacular. Yeah. 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 Let's let's do a whole episode about it. <laughs> Speaking of episodes, hey, mm. uh, we got a new trailer. We got the for Stranger Things tonight, season three, mm-hmm. which will be released in, released in uh, Fourth of July, which will be Fourth great. Um, basically, we see more of the characters we know and love in new settings, such as carnivals and malls, mm. which great. is pretty great. Yeah. Um, it starts off with Dustin coming home from camp and kind of doing his own thing and then all of a sudden his toys start moving on their own mm-hmm. and then we find out the rest of the gang I love is hiding around the corner so oh it was much. amazing they're using supernatural abilities that could potentially kill L <laughs> yeah just for and she's like whatever my nose is bleeding whatever. I'm just dealing with it but um yeah it was it was 100% worth it yeah um lots of little jump cut fun things there so if you have epilepsy please do not watch this trailer because i was almost going seizure mode and i'm perfectly fine most of the time um i was like oh, oh, oh ah, scene, 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 scene. oh gosh um but uh it looks pretty great uh hopper has an amazing mustache so good yeah yeah what does. is the 70s mustache doing in an 80s movie or 80s tv show hey weird. They, they did come back in the 80s at some point they did you know actually like mid 80s like mustache just came back all right the mustache anyways it's pretty glorious yeah. pretty awesome yeah i'm really but excited. um yeah, I'm psyched for it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how. Did anyone else have anything I, on it? I like the music selection for the trailer. It was kind of, it was it was like a lot, a lot like good fun music. Um, I like seeing Eleven from what looks like Eleven looks like she's acting like your everyday average American girl in the '80s, going to the mall and doing things like that from the little like listening bits they showed us. Um, I'm curious to see like, I'm still convinced like the mall or whatever was built over like where the lab was. Or, like, where, like, the pumpkin field where everything, like, pretty much died. I'm more than positive. I'm still going with that. They're covering up. That's where it's being built. Um, But, yeah, it's, like, the second season two was great. Season one was amazing. I mean, I can't see this being bad, to say the least. Like, even if it's bad, it's still pretty good. I second the music thing, actually. I forgot. I was like, like, oh, yeah, the music was great, and I don't remember what it was. And it was this really stripped-down version of uh, Baba O'Reilly by The Who, which is freaking awesome. Yep. And, um, yeah, it's great. Hmm. Everyone's excited. It's about time that this thing finally fucking comes out. Goddamn right. (laughs) Hey, Greg, what's what's going on with you lately, man? Oh, what's going on with me? Um, I have a new podcast coming up that's part of actually a larger network than my own, which I'm very, very, very very excited about. Casey and I actually recorded the first episode last week. Uh, So I'm starting a podcast that's called Adapt This, a DC Animated Universe podcast. It's a very long title, and I kind of regret it being that long now that I have to say it. (laughs) But uh, we only said the full title like eight times. (laughs) (laughs) Well, funny story about that. When I wrote the script for the trailer that I did, I actually got autocorrected to adopt this. And I didn't notice it. I had a very Ron Burgundy moment where I recorded and cut and edited the whole thing. <laughs> and I sent it in. And uh, Rob Logan of Geek Generation was like, you said the title wrong. And I was like, no, I didn't. I listened. And I was like, fuck, I said the title wrong of my own show. <laughs> but anyways, so there's a um, the show is going to be part of what's called the Geek Generation Network. It's a network of seven podcasts now. Um, you have uh, the Geek Generation podcast, which is the flagship one that's been on for nine years now i believe 
You have yeah. Random Movie Club, which has been it had a little hiatus, but it's on for about five years. It's part of there. Those are existing. Uh, the Deep Dive Podcast, which is actually run by a wonderful streamer whose name is Pumpkinberry. Uh, that's entering its second season and joining the Geek Generation Network. That one is kind of like um, it's the the tagline is the conversation after the game ends. So basically, you play you play a game and you talk about it and you really kind of dive deep in there. Hence the title, which is really cool. Um, my show adapt this the DC animated universe podcast where we read a comic, we talk about the animated movie from which it was adapted from. And we compare and contrast. We do voice acting reenactments, which was a lot of fun. <laughs> it was a fun time. It was, it was a lot of fun. I'm just going to say this. Mike Tyson, Martian Manhunter. Yeah. I don't know how we arrived at that, but the execution <laughs> but we did. was... But we did. I'm on board. Yep. There's also Just Chatting with Mop Garden. Mop Garden's also another streamer. Um, that one is more of like a conversation with other streamers about what it's like to be on Twitch and, and kind of a lot of that stuff. Um there's another one. I'm, the name's escaping me right now. It's going to kill me. It's four aliens and it's something else. It's literally they're going to watch Roswell from the 90s and talk about it episode by episode. Oh, my God. That's is, amazing. I'm so fucking excited about it. That is amazing. I should do that with everyone. Yes, you should. And then no one will ever listen to it because nobody watched <laughs> that show. Uh, so I'm, I'm obviously very, 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 very excited. The first episode... Uh, will go live pretty shortly. I'm thinking either right before or right after PAX. They will be released on Wednesdays because that's when you get in your comic books anyway. So you might as well just download an awesome episode for free of something. Yeah. So that's nice. that's kind of what I've been doing uh, behind the scenes. It is going to be a twice a monthy. Is what I call them? Twice a monthies? Bi-weekly, if you want to say it correctly, which I never do. And we'll feature, I'll have a different co-host every episode. And they get to choose the movie. So uh, while you're listening to this, go ahead and subscribe to uh, that podcast. I also, if you're listening on Twitch right now, I am providing links to the master feeds for all these wonderful shows. So when they go live, you just get them. It's great. That's what I've been doing. That's, that, that's what I got. I had to say it. Now, Dave. Love the it. The moment we've been waiting for. Or should I say, bump, bump. Da, 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 da. Bump, bump. Uh, wait. Do the proper fanfare. I'm so sorry. Fade to black. Lucasfilms plays in. Sorry. Okay. Um. So, on Wednesday, we got what's being called probably one of the biggest monopolized mergers in movie history. Um, came to a fruition. Disney bought 20th Century Fox Studios. Um, now, for us in the geek world, this means one of the things we've been hoping for for a while, X-Men and Fantastic Four getting that awaited Marvel treatment. Um, but they did. But not only did we get basic, not only are we hopefully getting Marvel and X-Men, and it's not going to happen probably anytime soon. I'm still thinking 2021 at the earliest, and I'm calling it now. X-Men movie 2021 is when we'll actually at least get one, or at least workings of one mm -hmm. um but there were other characters that were added to the list that fox did eventually did own including obviously fantastic four and every single thing that they're fought like dr doom galactus silver surfer um 
Super Scroll, which I'm kind of a little foggy on because we did have the scrolls in Captain Marvel, but I guess Super Scroll's its own thing that was owned by Fox. He's more the or less. scroll that has the powers of the Fantastic Four, so it's a little more. Uh, I mean, that one is, but the scrolls can get more than just Fantastic Four. There powers. are multiple Super Scrolls, but the one in question is Clert, okay. the original Fair. Super Scroll who has the powers of the Fantastic Four and Hypnosis. <laughs> we also They also got in that mix the New Mutants, Alpha Flight, anything to do with Gambit, anything to do with Apocalypse, uh, anything to do with Cable, Colossus, obviously Deadpool, um, The Blob! Most villains actually were part of the X-Men universe and any villains that were part of any of those other, any of those, um, other heroes as well. Mm-hmm. The biggest news about it for me, and just for most people, is what other properties now Disney owns. Any single Fox movie that that was basically produced by Fox is now owned by Disney. What does this mean exactly? That means now Disney will now have more movies to show on their streaming service, uh, uh, service Disney plus. So you'll easily probably see things like, I'm not saying it's going to be this far, but like maybe predator or even alien on a Disney plus channel. The other thing that came with that merger is now Disney owns 60% of Hulu. Um, Disney originally owned only 30% of Hulu. Fox owned the other 30%. Once they bought Fox, now they have a, a majority share stake in Hulu. Ooh. So a lot of the, lot of the uh, theory is is that on Disney Plus, they're going to stream all their more family-friendly stuff that they bought from Fox, like um, Sound of Music, Avatar, things like that. And on Hulu, it'll probably be more of their adult-themed movies. Things that are a bit more violent, more, hmm. more meaner, stuff like that. Now, they didn't buy any of the sporting franchises of Fox or any of Fox News or any of like the television series. So basically, Fox still owns Fox TV. Um, I was really hoping that Disney just bought everything, Fox, including news, and would just shut the news down. (laughs) Nope. That's the only thing. That's the only thing that they did not sell in the merger was their news, sports, and television. Although Disney does now own FX, I believe. So anything that was on FX, like Always Sunny is part of Disney. Does that mean that we will be having a Beauty and the Beast Rescue Me crossover event in which Dennis Leary and Gaston have a drinking contest? Oh, this motherfucker came prepared tonight. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I, had some, I had one joke prepared, and that was, hey, you know what other thing Fox owns? The What's Princess that? Bride, which means Buttercup uh, is now a Disney princess. Amazing. Mm. That's true. That would mean also the Alien Queen is now a Disney princess as well. Yes, it yep. would. Also, the Planet of the Apes movies? Yep, Planet of the Apes what? is in there. Um, there's a lot. Like, when you really look at, like, the plethora of, like, Fox movies that they've produced and, like, owned over the years, it's a lot of fucking shit. Like, that's when I said it's a lot to unpack. It's, I mean, obviously does, I cherry-picked the ones I like the most. Don't get me wrong. But it's a lot of shit does that Does that make Mark Wahlberg a Disney prince? Depends on the yeah. movie. Oh, this it rabbit does. hole is deep, deeper than I anticipated. Mm, it's true. Yeah. Oh, this is this is a wonder. This is this is a one obscure movies and collaborations and crossovers. Ooh, we're in my pool. Now. <laughs> and what it also means, especially, and this is like the biggest thing for Star Wars fans, is that Disney now owns the full rights to every single Star Wars movie. When Disney bought Lucas Films, the only one they did not buy with that deal was the original Star Wars from 1977. George Lucas mm. sold the rights to that movie to Fox so they could be. Um, distributed around the world, basically. So Lucas had no rights to Star Wars 1977 whatsoever. So if you ever bought any new movie that had any new Blu-ray of the Star Wars like trilogy, Star Wars is the only one that still had the Fox fanfare. Everything else got rid of it, and just had the Lucas Films shop pop up, and then it went to like the beginning of Star Wars. 
Nice. What this yeah. means for Star Wars fans is that we can find. And this is the this was the excuse originally. We'll see if this is still the excuse. We can finally get an original cut of the original Star Wars trilogy without the whole like special edition stuff. Stuff that Lucas at yeah the, all stuff that Lucas added all the special edition stuff. Now they have a new hope. Maybe we'll get an uncut version. Maybe we won't. Who knows? But that was the excuse originally. We'll see if it still holds up. At the surface level, you're really kind of thinking of X Men. Right. You're really thinking of Deadpool. You're you're thinking of uh, Fantastic Four. But like when you really climb how to train a dragon, hole, like just the Kingsman. Oh, what? oh, someone should just Kingsman. Someone should just give Seth Green full reign of all the properties, and just oh, like no. say like whatever collaborations, whatever comedy <laughs> skits you want to do, you just you just fucking go for it, pal. That would be hysterical, oh. and like have it be like actual or like. Give him back his Star Wars show that never oh. came to fruition. Mm. Come on, Disney. You can do it. I believe in you. But, I mean, like, when you really think about, like, a lot of the Fox properties, so you, also Simpsons. Like, the Simpsons movie, but not the series. Ooh. Fox doesn't own the Simpsons series? No, Fox does own the Simpsons series, but Disney did not right. purchase anything with their television broadcasting in the, in the process. Uh. Their network is still theirs. But movie properties are part of Disney. So what does that mean for Universal Studios? Mm. Because there's so much of, uh, like, X-Men and whatnot. Yeah, I had that question when they first bought Marvel Comics, how they were going to just have Disney World right there, and Universal's got all the Marvel characters parading around, (laughs) like, oh, God, get a picture with me. They're going to have a theme park crossover event, Secret Invasion. Oh, and what they'll probably do is they'll make everyone who's over an island of adventures a scroll. <laughs> oh man, that's one I'd be I'd be super super into. I mean, so let me ask you guys this: with we'll go back to the surface level. We were in the deep end. It was wonderful. It was a little warm. I think Dave peed, Twice. but it's fine. <laughs> I always pee. Twice. <laughs> and spoilers: they do use that weird blue dye thing, so it was a little darker. Than that. <laughs> but but so. When we're talking about raveling, unraveling the X-Men as they are now in movie format and tying them together with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, how do you think that should be Fantastic Four. So I do know Deadpool. Leaving kind of Deadpool out of it because I heard they're not going to touch Deadpool. They're going to leave Deadpool exactly the same apparently. Like they're not going to really do much to it. So that's kind of cool. Well, why would they? It was super successful and well-received. Yeah. I think they're going to start with Fantastic Four. I agree. Really? Uh, What are they going to do then? When or what are they going to do? Well, what do you what do you think? Like, uh, I think that there has been a lot more time since we've seen the Fantastic Four, as opposed to where you're still getting another. We're getting Dark Phoenix um, is just about to be released. Um, the last fan- yeah. we've got a remake of a 13 year old X. Yeah, that's movie. true. They've already we've seen that story twice. Yay. It's a little exhaustive right now. Um, but I think mm-hmm. that rebooting the Fantastic Four in the like an MCU is a lot is a lot easier to do. Uh, um, I agree. Than mm-hmm. the other ones, as well as we're not like oversaturated with it, and basically everyone has written off fan four stick. Um, so yeah, Killmonger was <laughs> yeah. right, guys. We never wrote on yeah. fan. No, no, no. <laughs> that's that clear. Very, that's yep. a very good point. But like, how do you think they're like? So I guess my my question is more: How are they going to explain the existence of mutants in the MCU? Honestly, Fantastic Four. You you can just say Fantastic Four was like up in space during. They could have also just not have gotten their powers yet. It could have not. Right. No, but that that makes sense for Fantastic yeah. Four, right? They can get it whenever they right. they need to. 
mutants are a different story. Well, not not really, because they could still sell it like they did in like the first X Men movie, where they're just again they're just a new branch of they're in secret evolution. They're, they're in secret. They just happen to live all in a mansion on Long Island, which is not too far from the city. But that's it. You just have them be sequestered away. And only yeah, now I mean, it could it could be really comments. clever writing to put them in this world without really fucking everything up or destroying anything. You know, I mean, whatever you do, it's going to be uh, a retcon anyways. Right. Essentially. But a lot of the, what we saw for the heroes in the MCU is those guys are in the spotlight and they're they're like larger than life people that actually are intentionally like, you know, talking to the press mm-hmm. and they're they're there as opposed to the mutants are trying to keep a low profile. They're the ones that Correct, are trying yeah. to hide. Because uh, because they see what happens with the Sokovia Accords being like, oh, yeah, mm. like all these powered and special individuals need to be kept in check. It's like, great. Well, I'm glad we didn't come out and we're not going to come out into the light because yeah. we're not going to be accepted. So I think and the fact that the, the public is already kind of against them, they're like, wow, we're an entire race of people. Yeah. Just imagine yeah. how bad it is for us out yeah. there. Here's what I would love to see, and it's too late for me to see this, and I'm going to acknowledge that and move on after I, I say my piece. But I would really have loved if this acquisition happened two years ago instead of now, because this would be the the events of Endgame would be the perfect would. time to introduce the X-Men where, hey, half of the heroes are gone. We have to step up. Yeah, no, you're, I agree. That would be the perfect, and it's very reminiscent of what kind of Marvel did in the, when was that, Casey? Oh, with Onslaught? That would be 90, 96. Yeah, Heroes Were Born. Not good. Right, well, before that. <laughs> not good, though. Trash, but not great, but, <laughs> not but there was a really cool scene where it was, was Silver Surfer comes down from space and is just staring at everything, and it's just like everyone's gone. It's like him and Spider-Man. Yeah. And, like, the X-Men, and that's but, it. This is also like a great, like phase six of Marvel thing, because we already know yeah. they're phasing out the Avengers, right? Right. So well, it's as or, or the, the mantle's getting passing. We're seeing a new kind of group yeah. that's going to be going into, you know, phase five. We're not going to be seeing. We're probably not going to be seeing a lot of the big guys as well. So there has to be a game plan of okay, how do we keep this going? And the way that you keep this going is by holding off on X Men. On, on doing anything with that until we've already exhausted this next round mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. heroes. And then, okay, great. Let's not exhaust the exhaustion with more exhaustion. Oh, ab- absolutely. <laughs> I want them to go, <laughs> like the mutants do in the comic books, I want them yeah. to go underground for a little bit before coming back up. It's yeah. because there's it's it's too close. It's too soon. Mm-hmm. But not for the Fantastic Four, which is why I think that's, that's true. true. No, I, sure. I would but, also really love if we had an X-Men, the X-Men movie series take place, at least in the beginning, in the 90s and get those classic costumes back in there. Oh. But, like, I don't I don't mean, like, like they're adults. Like, I don't want, like, a first-class kids. Like, we're recasting the whole thing. Everyone's an adult. At, like, pretty much what the cartoon was in terms of age. age right, and, they're already there. And you could even follow that storyline and have Jubilee be, like, the main and watch her evolve over time yeah. and see what she... Like, eventually it'll get to current times because, like, as everyone knows, if there's one thing the MCU really loves doing, it's having movies that take place before the events of, like, the big thing that you're really excited about. And really building up the world and the lore and all of that. So when you are caught up, like we will be soon in Endgame, 
it's a much more rewarding experience. And these characters don't feel as shoved in our face than they actually are, as they actually are. So that's what I'm really kind of hoping. So X-Men in the 90s, Fantastic Four in the modern times, and then eventually get, it all gets caught up for the big event, whatever that will I be. Kn- I know that I don't want Avengers versus X-Men, though. I super don't want that. That's another Phoenix story that's a whole mess in and of itself. I don't want that. I think they are going to do that at some point, but I definitely... That would be a great way to throw a whole lot of Disney money at Chris Evans and Robert (laughs) Downey Jr. Ah, yeah. Hoping for a decent onslaught. That would be a really cool villain. But I I think what the first... If if they do it this way, I think the first big villain will be Magneto. Wait, question. Do you guys know what happens when a toad is hit by lightning? It happens to everything else. That shitty accent. Just saying, if we're retconning, <laughs> we need to make sure that line has never happened. Make Magneto a fucking old man again. But make him, like, sexy. But but old. A sexy <laughs> old man. It it can still... Actually, by the time they come back around to it, they should wait until Fastbender is the, pro- the appropriate age for it again. <laughs> <laughs> Just, he's shredded like... He's an 80-year-old man with the body of a 40-year-old man. But the hair color of an eighty-year-old man. Like I agree. Like it would be like Fantastic Four would be the easiest. We already have Celestials. Galactus would be the yeah. easiest thing to introduce. Um, it could be an, it could be the next event if they do another Avengers movie. It could be the next thing fight is Galactus, and that's when the Fantastic Four show up, kind of like Spider Man did in Black Panther in Civil War. Then the Fantastic Four had their own movie. Then could also slide the Fantastic Four there. very easily into a Black Panther sequel. You could. You can slide them into like they almost anything. They could even slide much. them it'll, into the game. You know. Can you imagine if yeah. knowing that this would go through, they already prepared a pre-filmed post-credit sequence? Ah. Uh, can you imagine if this went through like a while ago and they just kept the kibosh on it because they have that kind of money? They did it with Sony with oh, with boy. their movies anywhere yeah. stuff with their movies anywhere service with Spider Man because yeah. that's the only way they could get that dis- distribution to go through. Mm-hmm. So, just saying, could Disney has a lot of money. It could happen. I don't think it would happen, but it could happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, real quick, and then we're going to be out of time. I'm going to. It's almost like a secret question, but not mocked by the jingle. Uh, I'm going to pick an X Men, and you are going to tell me the actor that is going to play that X Men. I'm going to go first, and I'm going to say my infamous Wolverine is John Barenthal. Boo! Period. I agree. No, I agree. I agree with don't that. Like Greg. It. Short, shortish man, angry growl, zero charisma. Yeah. No, that's charisma. bad. Yes, he does. No, he doesn't. Oh, my God. He just slices and maces things. You guys are the worst kind of fan. <laughs> uh, and with that, that is officially all of the time that we have for tonight. This has been issue number 181 of the Bad County Funky podcast. Woo! I want to go ahead and thank everyone who joined us in chat. We do this uh, live on Thursday nights at twitch.tv forward slash Bad County Funky at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Just about right about then. Lights go up then and the show starts shortly after that. So with all of that, remember, if you're catching this a little bit later, you're just kind of tuning in right now when we're live. Uh, we do post this in every episode live on Spotify, uh, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, uh, and pretty much wherever you get your local podcasts. Also, backyardfunky.com forward slash podcasts. So remember, we'll see you next time. We will see you another time. We love you, everyone. Good night.